This is 8 Minutes, a podcast helping you understand the energy transition in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Paul Schuster. The boom time of clean tech venture investing happened between 2006 and 2011, fueled by the Obama administration's American Recovery and Reinvestment Act and a host of tax incentives for renewable projects. Upwards of 4 to $5 billion flowed into clean technologies, a time period that came to be known as Clean Tech 1.0. And then a bust. As capital dried up and valuations sank due to supply chain challenges and market uptake issues. Fast forward to today, and climate tech has taken hold. And the numbers are even bigger this time around, with some estimates being 40 to $50 billion of private dollars flowing into the space on an annual basis. But take a look under the hood. We again have supply chain issues and nascent technologies where the market is just beginning to mature. Clean Tech 1.0, meet Climate Tech 2.0. Is this just a repeat of what we've already seen? I sat down with John Gerster, a partner at Activate Capital, to discuss the current state of climate tech funding. Eight minutes. It's how long it takes for the sun's rays to hit Earth, or about how long it takes Elon Musk's fortune to change by a billion dollars. You know, in either direction. Let's get it on. Yeah, clearly we don't think it's a bubble. Uh, we, we're calling it basically a sustainability super cycle. You know that that you have this, you have so many tailwinds around the sector that's climate tech, which is a superset of clean tech. That there will certainly be, you know, investments in companies that don't mature and don't play out because of adoption or because of technology risk and technology development. But we're, we're we believe. Uh, that this is so fundamentally different than anything we've experienced before. Think the Inflation Reduction Act was a big deal? Sure. That important piece of climate legislation flowed over $370 billion into climate technologies over the next 10 years. But that's dwarfed by the amount of private capital that enters into this space as well. VC funding alone accounts for 40 to $50 billion per year, and it's growing. And that doesn't count the private equity funds investing in infrastructure, distributed resources, or any other sort of asset. I sat down with John Gerster of Activate Capital. John came to Activate after successfully leading Groom Energy, an energy efficiency company servicing large commercial and industrial customers. Groom was acquired by the French utility EDF in 2016. So John has a really great perspective on both the capital side as well as on building strong companies in this space. You know, the broad things to consider around this particular moment in time is that you have this wonderful collision of what we have never seen before, which is you have awareness, uh, you have capital, you have uh, policy, and you have technology that in many cases is way more mature and way more ready to help address any of these things that are underneath the climate tech category. So it's, I think it's a particularly exciting time. That enthusiasm has certainly played out in how investors are thinking about the space. But we've been down this path before. Clean energy technologies, or what became known as clean tech, became a VC darling back in the 2006-2007 timeframe. Tesla was just getting off the ground. Solar cost almost nine times what it does today and corporate procurement of renewables, a big driver for the market today, wouldn't see their first deal for another two years. But the promise of clean energy was big, and VCs love to play in big markets, so upwards of $5 billion a year started flowing into predominantly renewable technology startups. 
But the boom didn't last too long. Despite the financial collapse of 2008, clean tech still had a fighting chance to continue to grow. The Obama administration passed the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act that funneled billions in federal aid into the space, propping up renewable technologies. But the market just wasn't maturing fast enough to justify the big VC spending. By 2012, valuations had crashed and the market experienced a big correction in their expectations on these investments. But back to what you know, what clean tech was, I think of it as still as generally renewable oriented at that time. And the amount of capital, which became a challenge, it wasn't there to sustain a lot of companies that were built around growing into an expected adoption curve that it didn't materialize. And it wasn't just because of the financial collapse in 2000, 2008, 2009. It was that the adoption wasn't going to be fast enough necessarily to reward what would be generalists that would be funding the follow-on rounds of clean tech 1.0 companies. Fast forward to today, and we're seeing another massive boom in investment backed by another piece of climate legislation, this time the IRA, but also buffeted by supply chain and market issues that plagued clean tech 1.0. But now, instead of $5 billion per year being invested by VCs, we're seeing upwards of 40 to $50 billion across a much broader set of categories, industries, and technologies. There's a lot more at stake in climate tech 2.0. So is this similar to before? Are we seeing the return of clean tech 1.0? John believes, at least, that the federal government has changed the game. The dollar amounts going in between the Inflation Reduction Act and the CHIPS Act, they're absolutely category creating. They, they are giving what generally might be considered hard technical challenges a much longer runway to develop into the market with incentives. So yes, there will be challenges as we move forward, but the fundamentals may be stronger today. For one, capital is more patient to wait until some of the markets mature and can support new technologies such as hydrogen, carbon capture, or long-term storage. The market itself seems to be in a stronger, more robust place, evidenced by the sheer number of corporations that have taken the lead to create a demand for clean, sustainable technologies. And we're starting climate tech from a position of strength, where renewable costs are competitive, government subsidies are there, and regulatory policy is supporting growth. Yeah, I'm biased towards the fact that the psychology of everyone who's in a position to influence it, the governments, uh, corporate leaders, uh, obviously employees and citizens, like the flywheel started to spin. And I do think it's still bumpy. But if you look at all those things moving at once, I think the Inflation Reduction Act, as an example, is an outgrowth of that. Climate Tech 2.0 may owe its eventual success to the lessons learned from the clean tech era of 2006 to 2011. And let's not forget, that clean tech time period wasn't all about disaster. It produced big winners, too. Tesla, SunPower, Bloom Energy, Enernoc. Lots of companies exited with billion-plus valuations and formed the foundation for what we're seeing in the market today. With the growth in climate tech capital, we're going to see a lot more winners in this space. What I hope 10 years from now we see, which I think the beginnings of that is is happening because of what we talked about, are, you know, Google's and Tesla's times 10 or 20. I'm Paul Schuster, and this has been your 8 Minutes.